Interesting story. It's tough to get a read on the state of the oil sands in Alberta, right? Provincial government tells us that it's an industry that's being choked to death by the federal government with their climate initiatives, right? Scaring away investment, all sorts of things. Um, we're promised a war on a weekly basis. Now, that's the politicians, right? And that means it's politics. And, and I always say, and I always look to business, because business, ultimately, they're going to make decisions based not on politics, not on aspirational goals or any of that sort of stuff. They're going to look at dollars and cents. What makes sense? What's going on? How can we capitalize? That's what businesses do. And if you take a look at what's been happening this year, some analysts say things are actually looking pretty good in the oil sands. There's some signs of strength out there. Uh, we've seen a number of mega deals, well in excess of a billion dollars, these deals. Just this week, for example, Canada's largest uh, natural gas producer, Tourmaline Oil, spent a billion and a half dollars to buy Bonavista Energy. And that's just the latest. There's a whole number of them. So what is happening? Is it good news? Is it bad news? What's the deal? Let's find out. We're going to chat with Heather exner Perot, who is a senior fellow and director of natural resources, energy and environment at the McDonald Laurier Institute. Heather, thanks so much for uh, joining us today. I appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me. It's kind of interesting because we're talking about some big, big deals here. These are massive deals. So what's happening? Because I know there's been consolidation in the industry, especially coming out of COVID. Um, it, we've seen that happening for a few years. Is this just more of the same? So this is, I think, a different, you know, you know, maybe the deals are similar, but it's a different sentiment. So, you know, oil and gas moves in, in, in cycles. We all know that. There's, you know, a few bad years, a couple of bad years there between 2015, 2020, where there was a lot of consolidation. We saw that too. Uh, just because prices were down, especially 2015, 2016, a lot of weaker companies, you know, got bought up, couldn't make it. Then things started to look a bit better and then COVID hit. And then again, you know, the price of the barrel just crashed. And again, we saw some of the weaker, more vulnerable companies, you know, not being able to make it failing, getting picked up. So those were areas of consolidation, I think, coming out of out of weakness, you know, that smaller players couldn't make it. But what we're seeing in the last month, two months, you know, there's some big deals in the States, too, I think is arising from strength. That some of these bigger companies, you know, you say, you know, a Termaline, a Suncor, an Exxon, uh, have such strength with the prices that they're at. You know, they spent the last two years slashing operating costs. Um, the market is looking really good. Uh, there's a great uh, article from Chris Barco in the Calgary Herald today, uh, you know, about the optimism in the patch. So now we're seeing these deals from a position of strength, uh, you know, where they have the excellent balance sheets, where they can make really good strategic decisions and, and capitalize on them. Interesting. Okay, so these are big companies that, hey, things are good for us right now. Let's take advantage of it. It's not necessarily a situation where they're buying up some of the weaker players or those sorts of things. They're actually in positions of strength is what this is coming from. Well, just that they do have strength and they do have that money. So, uh, you know, one thing that is still weighing heavily. So, you know, in just your early comments, you know, it has been a couple of very tough years for the oil sands, for, for the, you know, uh, Alberta energy sector. And, you know, so first we had the Shell Revolution, then we had kind of ESG divestment, then we had COVID, um, all in succession. And investors have largely, you know, fled. There's not a lot of money in, you know, in the Canadian energy sector. They've yeah. fled. But, but the cash flow is so good. The valuation of the companies are so low given what they're, what they're being, you know, valued at with the stock prices and how much money, you know, outrageous amounts of money that they're bringing in, you know, especially at $90 a barrel. So now, you know, before where you, it was harder to buy at these companies because, you, you know, you might not be able to get debt. Now they, their cash flow is so strong that they can make, you know, different kinds of deals, getting creative on the deals to buy some of these companies. So 
So it is a it is a different time. There's still a lot of headwinds, but they're in such a strong position that they're able to be you know more creative than they could have been a few years ago. So. What do we, and like I say, I always look to business because politicians are going to, it's going to be political. So you're taking, we're taking a look at the businesses that you say are feeling a little wind in the sails and uh, they're, they're growing and the, and the bottom line looks really, really good. What does that say about their overall enthusiasm or optimism for the industry that they're in if they're actually making deals like this? Yeah. So, you know, we are seeing growth. We are seeing record production. You say, how does that line up with what Danielle Smith is yeah. saying, what UCP is saying? Uh, so a lot of, you know, where we're seeing this, you know, it's the investments that we made in the oil sands 10 years ago. And it's the coming online of first line three, Enbridge's line three, and now in a couple of months, TMX. Uh, you know, those pipelines, you know, <laughs> they were not approved, but, you know, show approved, you know, TMX started to be built in 2008. So, you know, just terrible how long it's taken. But finally, we are getting some additional egress out of the oil sand so that they can increase production, that they have somewhere to put it, not just on a rail car. So in my mind, is really line three, TMX is making a big difference, is allowing them to grow that production. And at the same time, the price of the barrel is much better. And at the same time, we are anticipating that, you know, that huge American shale uh, you know, revolution that really increased their production, saw them go from the world's biggest importer to the world's biggest producer, that they are going to peak soon and that they will come to rely on Canadian oil more and more. Interesting. Now, like you say, there are some big deals happening in other places. So it's not just oil sands where we're seeing these kinds of mega mergers or buyouts or whatever the case may be. This is happening industry wide? Well, you know, it's good you mentioned that. Of course, you know, the oil sands is humongous yeah. and it's huge and it's kind of a, the jewel of Canadian energy. But we also have where Termline is, is, you know, in the Montney, there's a few other basins. Mm-hmm. This deal, I think, was in the deep, deep basin. Another world-class reserve of natural gas. Uh, tons of years, decades of inventory left, whereas, again, in shale, you know, will decline sooner. Uh, and then we have great conventional. You know, Alberta, un- until, you know, 20, you know, 2010, it was almost all conventional in Alberta. And we still have great, you know, great plays, uh, you know, new technologies allowing them to extract more efficiently. And, again, a few more pipelines that we can actually get this to market. Your coastal gas link is another reason, you know, why the Montagnini is able to grow. So, so despite the little government <laughs> there have been some other things put in place, some pieces put in place that we're starting to see, uh, you know, uh, come to fruition now. What's the outlook, though? If we've had consolidation on and off pretty steadily for the last, like you said, almost 10 years now, I mean, are there more opportunities to do this or eventually do you get to a point where you can't consolidate anymore? Well, we have had two big periods of consolidation, uh, and not a lot of players entering the market, yeah. you know, just because the conditions have not been good. And so, and so just, you know, I would say very recently, we're finally starting to see some, you know, very small players start to come in and start to grow. So whether, you know, no one would want to enter this market. There was no money to enter this market, uh, you know, for a couple of years. Now there's, you know, a handful of these small guys, you know, starting to buy up some some leases and starting to do small deals. So maybe we're at the beginning of the next cycle where actually we grow in the number of players, but it's pretty consolidated right now. That said, some of the bigger players, like, you know, some of the oil sense companies that are huge, the Termalines, they're still valued. Their shares are valued at quite a bit higher than some of the juniors and intermediate players. So it'll always make sense for them to buy up those smaller players because they can add their, you know, add their, add their, you know, production and get the bigger bang out of the buck out of their share. Interesting times as always, Heather. Very, very interesting, but you know what? 
Uh, you know, like Barco's article said today, finally some signs of life, some yeah. signs of optimism. Uh, and this, you know, something we should all be talking about is all the royalties that are going to be accruing to Alberta in the next five years and what we should be doing with it. Well, that's always a good question. That's always a lot of fun to <laughs> kick around. Heather, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate your time.